When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. I'm Aaron McMahon. We are here to talk about Michigan football coach Jim Harbaugh. Is it time for his time in Michigan to be over? If Athletic Director Ward Manuel goes that route, who are the potential replacements? We answer those questions on this episode of Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, well, good to be back on the podcast with you. Um, you know, you guys just decide to go rogue, record a podcast without me, uh, you know, initially scheduled it for uh, during the time of a Michigan basketball game due to technical difficulties. It got pushed back to the next morning. I could have joined, but at that point, I'm like, you know what? No, let them do it without me and see how it goes. How did it go? Just fine. Some would say better. So best part of the year, baby. There you go. But I'm back. Hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. Same to our listeners. Jim Harbaugh, uh, he, I mean, I guess he might have had an okay Thanksgiving, but a couple of days after it was, it was, it was kind of went the other way with a, you know, loss to a Penn State team that had not won a game. You guys recapped that already. Let's talk about his comments since yesterday, Monday. He started using this word that you do not want to hear a coach use in year six, and that is process. Trust the process. And we're going to, we care about the process here. And too many outsiders care about results. Well, you know, that big thing, there's two of them actually at Michigan Stadium uh, on either either end zone. It's called a scoreboard. And uh, <laughs> that's kind of what this business, if you will, is about. It is a results-based business. Now, early in his tenure, could you take positives out of losses? Yes. In year six, it's a Penn State team that hadn't won a game. Yes, a Wisconsin team that's supposed to be your equal in the Big Ten, losing by 30-some points. You don't want to hear talk about process. I mean, was that was that concerning to either of you to hear him make that comment? Yeah. I mean, look, if you go back a couple of weeks ago when Jim was kind of hinting, he made comments, I think, after the, the Michigan State loss or with the Indiana loss. I can't remember at this point. But they wanted to get more younger guys playing time. Mm-hmm. That, to me, signaled that they were kind of looking at this year as a loss season. They're going to try and get some of these guys in here, some guys that hadn't played much, get more reps to see what they had. And they were going to kind of assess from there. To me, that yelled process to me or rebuild to me without him having to say it. And now the fact that he said it on Monday, I mean, it's just kind of confirmation. I mean, they have no shot. There's virtually no chance of winning the Big Ten at this point. It, both, the bowl season is up in the air. Who knows if they'll even get invited to a bowl game? Probably not. Uh, so there isn't a ton to play for at this point, other than to try and develop some of these younger guys, these players that they they have on the roster that just hasn't haven't played much. Yeah. So we don't know if Jim Harbaugh is going to be gone after this season, or possibly a season after that, or whatever. We will get into that as we <laughs> discuss this. What this podcast is focused on. But the first thing I think I'd want to do is let's talk about guys that are not going to be the next Michigan football coach. Because I think it's helpful if you're putting together a list of candidates to eliminate those guys that aren't going to be available to you. And I'm, I'm happy to go first here, and I'll throw out a name, Urban Meyer. He's a guy that would be first on pretty much every school's list to be your next head coach. The guy's won multiple national championships, and he is currently not employed. Uh, he's not a coach anywhere else. He's, he's, he's available. 
but he's not going to be your coach because the hatred for Michigan is, is real being, you know, an Ohio state guy. Uh, I'm not ruling out a second on retirement for him, but there'll be other jobs that he could take if he wants, including powerhouse schools where he could win a national championship, potentially Texas. So I'm going to say urban Meyer is not going to be your next coach at Michigan. You guys got any other names that we can rule out that would otherwise be attractive candidates, but for one reason or another, don't fit at Michigan. I mean, I think an obvious one is Hugh Freeze. I mean, what he's been able to do at Liberty is very impressive, but with all the baggage that he comes with, he does not fit the Michigan mold at all. Uh, And while he might uh, be an intriguing hire for the product on the field, I just don't see that ever happening here at at Michigan, Uh, even though he might be a good football coach. I just don't see it. Yeah, I agree with both of those. I think realistically, you're not going to get Urban Meyer here. I, I, and I don't even if Michigan came to him, I don't, I don't know if he'd be interested. Just for the rivalries' sake, right. uh, Hugh Freeze. I mean, he's yeah, he just doesn't fit what Michigan I think wants in head coach and, and the baggage. I think it looms looms heavy with him, and not just Michigan, but I, I think there's a large chunk of schools out there that probably wouldn't even interview Hugh Freeze mm-hmm. for a job. Now, that's not to say he wouldn't be successful. I, I don't know. Um, but he, he has a track record of, of doing well. But, yeah, I think he's ruled out, too. One name in the Big Ten, I think his name tends to come up on occasion for open jobs, bigger jobs, especially in the Midwest, Pat Fitzgerald Northwestern. I, I, his name I th- you know, has come up in, in the past. Um, I would think Michigan would entertain the idea of him coaching at Michigan. I, don't, I just don't think he would be interested in it. He, he seems like a Northwestern kind of lifer to me. I mean, he's been there a long time now. He's had a long track record of success there considering. I don't know if he would leave. I, I just, at this point, I don't, I don't see him leaving Northwestern for any other job, uh, including Michigan. Yeah, great name I, that I wouldn't have even really thought of. Yeah, I think did, did the Packers or some NFL team made a made a you know overture to him, and, and he I think he turned it down. So who knows? The Lions might be after him um, this offseason. I, I think yeah, if he's going to leave, it would probably be for for the NFL at this point. So there's some names that that aren't going to be um, okay. Then there's the whole Michigan man idea. Okay, I don't I, I think this thing is still alive in in a segment of the Michigan fan base, but potentially in the athletic department. The idea of getting someone who knows that Michigan football culture, you know, the basketball program went and got a guy who did have, you know, had played for the school before in Juwan Howard. I'm not saying you should rule those guys out, but you are limiting your pool if you only, you know, go go with guys that, that have that connection. Michigan did go that route, you know, two coaching searches ago with Brady Hoke went away from it with Rich Rodriguez, uh, you know, before that, I should say. Um, and it's both failures uh, when all was said and done. I just don't think there's there's any out there. There's uh, unless I'm missing someone. There's one current head coach, football head coach in this country who's got Michigan ties, and that's Tyrone Wheatley, who was a Michigan running back in the '90s. Uh, he was a running backs coach. Harbaugh's first two years here. He's got one season as a head coach at Morgan State, and he went three and nine. Uh, his conference is not playing football this year, so that's your that's your head coach pool. And then you got the two Indiana guys, Nick Sheridan and, and Mike Hart, who played at Michigan, but and are now uh, assistant coaches at Indiana. So, is there someone I'm missing, or, or should we just kind of eliminate that path for Michigan? You know, you brought this up yesterday when we were kind of going over the outline, and I was racking my brain with trying to come up with with options i, I for, totally forgot about tyrone wheatley um you know and i i don't think he at this point in the juncture in his career i don't think he'd be ready for a job like this right um maybe michigan would interview him just just for the sake of giving him an interview and and but i don't think he'd be qualified you're right and and, and mike hart and nick sheridan while they've been successful at indiana 
I don't think they're ready for a job of this magnitude yet. So yeah, I don't, I don't really think there's a legitimate viable candidate with Michigan, significant Michigan ties out there at this point. Not at all. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, the Lloyd Cards. <laughs> Jim McElwain, maybe? It's I mean, obviously, okay, yeah. I mean, he coached here, oh, but yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, Harbaugh's tree isn't really at, at Michigan, at least all these guys have been, it's just been a year or two and then they're off somewhere else. And, you know, very few become head coaches elsewhere. Malcolm Wayne, one of the few, and you know, Lloyd Carr's tree at this point is, is not, we're not really existent. So yeah, I think we got to move on to, to other potential candidates. Um, and one, one more thing too, and, and Jim McElwain's name has come up, you know, he's been largely successful at central Michigan. He's at the very bottom of a list of candidates I prepared for this podcast. He's about at the very bottom with three question marks afterwards, because if you go the Jim McElwain route, and I think that would be last desperate plea for Michigan, are you really better off getting rid of Jim Harbaugh to get Jim McElwain? That would be, I think the question in my mind. And I don't think he'd be, I don't think he'd be you know, any, any better than what you get from Harbaugh. If you want to save a lot of money, maybe maybe if, if Malcolm Wayne will take the job for a less a lot less money, then you can look at it that way. But for results on the field, yeah, it's I don't know if it's a forward move. Yeah, anyone you're getting is going to take is you're you're going to be paying less. I think when all is said and done, because the only guys that are making more aren't taking this job. Okay, I'm not going to go first this time. I'll actually go. I'll actually go third. I'll let you guys throw out each throw out one candidate. We'll keep going around until uh, until we're done with possible candidates, but. Uh, uh, Aaron or Ryan, feel free to throw out a potential name uh, should Michigan make a move with its head coach. I've got a long list, so Zook, I'll let you go first. All right. One that, that intrigues me a little bit is Matt Campbell, but mostly just based off what he's been able to to do this year. I mean, he has never had more than uh, more than eight wins in his one, two, three, four, five years at Iowa State. But I mean, he just seems to fit like that mold of, of Michigan. I mean, he, he's not really uh, a guy that draws a lot of negative attention to himself. He just seems like he runs a, a clean program. And yeah, I mean, he has Iowa State this year on top of the, the Big 12. So that, that to me would be an intriguing candidate. Um, started at Toledo, was able to lead them to three nine-win seasons there. And and I think just done a pretty good job at Iowa State, which really, I mean, think he would be able to do more with resources at Michigan than, than at Iowa State. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. That was the point I was going to make with Matt Campbell is he's done more with less at Iowa State. And you throw him in the Michigan system, so to speak, the Michigan, you know, uh, whatever, the hype, the money, the, the give him the facilities, the, 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 the spotlight. And I, I think he would be successful. I mean, he's done a good job at Iowa State. He has the Midwest ties. Like you said, he's born in Ohio. He spent most of his early coaching career at Bowling Green and Toledo. So he knows the area really well. So I think he would be a natural natural fit. And, and I think he's the name that keeps coming up. Um, but I'm going to give my top option, my number, if, if I'm Michigan's athletic director, I'm assuming Ward Manuel, it, you know, again, we're making a lot of assumptions here that Michigan's going to move on or this, this split is going to happen with Harbaugh. But if I'm the AD, I think my number one option, and I'm not saying he'd take the job. I, in fact, I don't know if he would, but if, if you're Michigan, I think you have to look at Luke Fickle. I mean, he is, he had, he's an Ohio native. He has Midwest roots. He has recruiting ties there. Um, he's a relatively younger guy. He's been successful, largely successful in Cincinnati. He recruits well. He's an X's and O's guy. I just don't know, given his ties to Ohio State, he spent so much time there in Columbus. Um, he's, he's remained in Ohio very much most of his career. He turned down the Michigan State job. No, I think that's for maybe different reasons. But you have to at least try. Now, I don't, I don't know if he'd come to Ann Arbor. Maybe he wouldn't. Um, but he, to me, would be the number one option for Michigan. 
I agree he would be the top candidate. I just don't see him taking the job in, in my mind. I feel like I don't even know what price tag it would take to get him here, but I just I, – I, I think that's, it might be a little far-fetched. I do think he's a great coach and would be the best fit, but at this point – Oof, yeah, that would be. It might be a, a tough get. If you're fickle, and and I have to assume his dream job would be the Ohio State gig, just because of his ties there and his, his time spent there and everything else. But do you wait for Ryan Day to leave, move on, I mean, or do you try to get another happen? job elsewhere? <laughs> right. So, like, what do you do from here? Do you do you wait for hold out for the text? Maybe the open Texas job that might be happening. Do you try? I mean, do you go to Michigan? I I don't know what the next logical move for him would be. It's Michigan unless he's unless he's ruling it out because of his ties. Because look, he's sitting there at Cincinnati. He's got a nice salary and he's got a he's got a nice a nice record there, undefeated right now, thirty and five over the last two plus seasons. But he's on the outside looking into the college football playoff, even if he wins out. That wouldn't be the case at Michigan, but you'd have to get over that Ohio State hurdle, both you know mentally for him to come take the job. And then on the field to get to the playoff. So, but yeah, unless you think, you know, you, you can do the same thing at Texas. So unless you think that job's going to come open, but he's got, he's got more of the natural Midwest ties. So I agree. He's the one candidate. Uh, maybe I've got one other on here that I'm not sure would take it. Uh, the others I'm, I'm pretty sure would, including, including Matt Campbell, who again, just for our listeners who, you know, look at Matt Campbell and see, He's 33 and 27 as a head coach at Ohio at Iowa State. What where's the appeal there? Just look at what Iowa State did before he got there. Um, their, I mean, their last winning season was was in 2009. They were not beating Texas, Oklahoma, um, you know, any of the Big 12, you know, powers. Um, and now they are. You know, they just beat Texas last week again. So, yeah, and just you know, a guy that is apparently young, uh, you know, and the, his kids just love love to play for him. So. Yeah, I, I like I like both of those candidates so far. I'll throw out another one. This is the other one that I I just wasn't sure if he'd take it because I just don't don't know him very well out there in the Pac-12. That's Mario Cristobal at uh, um, at Oregon. I mean, he's been he's been you know very successful there. Uh, you know, they're doing well again this year. Uh, he seems to recruit well, but I don't know. I don't know if it's the right fit. You know, for him for Michigan, that is more of just a hey, here's a relatively young coach who's doing well that's the guy i've thrown out there i don't know if he did he did he cross your your mind at all either of you is that is it my way off base there or a better program in the last decade than than michigan as well so i mean i don't know how much appeal uh michigan would have for him to lure him from the west coast but i mean yeah i i do think that would be another good option it's just again how much how can you get him here um to leave his current position yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking when I was kind of going over his resume. You know, 24-8 in Oregon. He's almost like the results guy that Michigan probably would prefer to have. He's 24-8 in Oregon in, in three seasons, 16-6 and six in the Pac-12. He had a 12-win season last year, got to the Rose Bowl and won it. I think if Jim Harbaugh would have been able to pull that off here in the last couple of years, I think people would be thinking a little differently about Jim Harbaugh's resume. So I think from a results Results standpoint, Mario Cristobal's got the job done. Uh, he's a little older, but he has, you know, he's ties to Florida. He, most of his early coaching career was spent in Florida. So I have to think from a recruiting perspective, that would help. Uh, he has ties, obviously, he was at Alabama for a while. He'd be an interesting name. I, I have to think that from a grand scheme of things, Michigan would be viewed as a little bit higher of a job than, than Oregon, but he's getting paid relatively well out there. He's had a decent track record. He's gotten everything he's wanted from, you know, they have the facilities are top notch. You do have the attention. You're the, you're kind of the attention uh, person of the back 12. So he's got kind of, I think everything he wants at this point. So 
I don't know. It, I guess it would depend on how he views the Michigan job, but he certainly, I think, would be someone you'd have to you'd have to go after. Did, did he recruit Justin Herbert, or was Herbert already there? It's a good question. Uh, looks like Herbert was already there. So. No. Okay, he got to Oregon in sixteen seventeen, so yeah, it was probably right after. All right, let's go back to Rose. Keep going around the horn, man. Zook, you're up with him. Give me another name, man. To, to be honest, there's not really many coaches out there that I think would be an upgrade over Harbaugh. So it is tough for me, but no, um, I think skip. I, Go I, no, I, I will throw out another name. I will throw out another name. Josh Hoople, uh, UCF, obviously offensive judge or not, but uh, hypo. Hypo. Hypo, hypo. Yeah. The hype, the hype is real. I thought about him for my list, but then I thought, you know, he's the problem at UCF is you're kind of tied to that gimmick, like up tempo offense where they just throw the ball a ton and and I think Michigan tried that with Rich Rod to some degree. Obviously, it wasn't as you know polished and everything. But I don't know if Michigan want to go in that same direction. And look, maybe Hypo would want to change schemes and everything else. But I don't know if he'd be ready for the Michigan job. I, I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe some folks disagree. Maybe they'd want to give him a try. Um, he, but he is a name I thought of. There and there are two other Big Ten names I have on my list. I'm sure what, you guys maybe have one, maybe both of them on there. P.J. Fleck, his name always comes up, it seems like, with regards to the Michigan job, just because of his ties to the, the Midwest. He was at Western Michigan for four years. He was the largest. He was really successful there, got into the Cotton Bowl. He's been pretty successful at Minnesota. They're obviously having a down year this year, but it got him to 11 wins. So from a results perspective, P.J. Fleck has got basically gotten it done everywhere he's been. And I have no reason to think he wouldn't at Michigan. I mean, he's energetic from a recruiting perspective. Get You, you throw the Michigan you know, coat on him and – and the, and the resources and the like, I think he would do exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. The problem with him is I don't know if the administration would want someone like him. He's he's kind of outside the box. He doesn't fit that. We talk about that Michigan man molder, and obviously many of these candidates don't fit that. But there's there's almost a, um, a way about that. Each each of these candidates, they're very similar. Fleck is just kind of out there, and I, I don't know if he would mesh well with what Michigan would be looking for. The other Big Ten candidate, I think, would Tom Allen. You know, he's, he's only been head coach a few years now in Indiana. Um, he's, he's gotten his players to kind of buy in for him and he's done more with, and again, another example of a guy doing more with less. And he's also had, you know, we talked about Nick Shearer and Mike Hart there, former Michigan guys. He'd be a, he'd be a guy, if I was hiring for this job, I at least would look at and consider interviewing. I don't know if he'd be the top tier of my list, but he'd be someone I think I would certainly, you know, want to hear from. Yeah. I didn't even think about, about Tommy Allen. That is an intriguing name. Yeah, and, and just to be clear for our listeners, at least I, and I, I think you guys too, based on the names that you've thrown out so far, I'm eliminating, I eliminated right away, um, like Nick Saban, <laughs> Ryan Day, if you want to stay at the Big Ten, like guys that there's just like, certainly, sure, but not going to take the job at all. So, um, you know, Debo, Debo Sweeney, for example, Lincoln Riley, because another one in the Big Ten, Paul Christ at Wisconsin. I mean, that is everything. If Michigan could go back in time, they'd probably hire him instead of Harbaugh, because that's basically what Michigan has strived to be under Harbaugh and just hasn't quite been there. It's not sexy. They haven't gone to the playoff yet, but and they don't have to play Ohio state every year, but bottom line is, you know, just that, that solid consistency running the ball defense. That's kind of what Harbaugh wants to be. And it just, it just hasn't happened. Heck they take, they take Northwestern under Pat Fitzgerald the last few years, but yeah. Okay. I guess it's, if it's my turn here, none of us have mentioned yet. I don't think, the the kind of you know hot shot coordinator route you know you go the offensive or defensive coordinator you know young up and coming and there's you know several of those around the country uh, if they want a guy who just doesn't have 
that head coaching experience. I think, you know, top of the list potentially is, you know, Clark Lee at, at Notre Dame defensive coordinator, um, obviously knows the Midwest. Well, they're recruiting, you know, similar kids. Yeah. I think he's probably the, he's the best coordinator I could, I could think of um, if you wanted to, to go that route. Yeah. I, I have one coordinator on my list or I have two. Um, but I was I was thinking about the coordinator route. I, I don't know if Michigan would go that route. I mean, they would probably entertain it because mm-hmm. there are some decent candidates on uh, you know among you know names here. I I don't know if Michigan would give them a chance. But I, the two names I have on my list from co- coordinator, both defensive coordinators, uh, Brett Venables at Clemson. Yep, boom. he is one of the now he is one of the highest paid assistant coaches in the country. So I don't know if he would entertain the idea of leaving Clemson where it's stable and. Dabo isn't going anywhere and they're winning and, yep. and, and, and everything else. But I think he'd be someone I would give a call to. And then here's another interesting name I was thinking of, Jeff Halfley. Um, he's in his first year at Boston College. He has NFL coordinating experience. He was a defensive coordinator. Again, another ex-Ohio State guy. So I don't know if he would entertain the idea. But he has shown that he's a, he's, he's a good coordinator. He has the NFL experience. So I think he can use that from a recruiting tool to sell to some of these recruits. Um, but then he's also shown that he can win some games as a coach and he's, he's, you know, first year at Boston college, he's, he's been competitive against some of these bigger opponents. Again, he'd be another long shot, but he'd be someone I would probably, you know, if I was hiring for the job, I would, I would consider. Yeah. I had, I had Venables on, on my list. I mean, you talk, talk about a winner. I mean, look what, what Venables has been able to do under Dabo Sweeney. I mean, they compete for championships and, uh, he's been able to lead a lot of, uh, dynamite defenses throughout the the past few years. So I, I think that Venables would, would make a lot of sense. I think he's one of the few coordinators that could handle that jump to, to head coach. Well, like you said, he's, he's paid very handsomely at Clemson. I think he's making over 2 million a year there. I mean, I'm sure that there will be other suitors for, for him as well, but and I, he's had suitors in the past and he's opted to, to stay at Clemson. So I don't know how easy it would, it would be to, to get him here, but that's one, one I, I like. There's more risk reward going that route because they haven't done it before, but there's a higher, higher ceiling potentially than some of these head coaches where it's like, all right, you've seen what their programs look like when they run it. Um, but that's why I can, again, I think Matt Campbell might be number one for at least a couple of us here uh, is because he's kind of the best of both worlds because he's, he's done it as a head coach, but at, at a much lower level you know, still FBS, but big 12, but, you know, the second tier program in the conference, you know, give them more resources, you know, what, what could happen there. All right. I'm going to give one more name that hasn't been said. I don't know. I'm sure both of you, I've got at least that, you know, who he is. Okay. It's Chris Creighton. He's oh, right, right down the road. Did you, did you watch the CMU Eastern game this week? <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the all time, terrible fourth quarter collapses you've ever seen and they have not not won a game at all this year i i was with you a couple months ago when we did when we were talking about possible uh, msu candidates but i i just i cannot go uh on board with you for michigan and after they after the start they've had this year but go ahead Keep yeah year 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 three in 2016 he gets them to a bowl game for the first time in like a generation okay uh, seven and six record because they lost the bowl game, then five and seven, then back to seven and six and another bowl game, but then six and seven last year with a bowl game loss and now 0 and four. So I can see they're kind of trending in the wrong direction. I just think it's the, I mean, no one's winning at that job, you know, resurrect Vince Lombardi. He's not winning in Ypsilanti. So I just think you can kind of, kind of wear on you. I like, I like the, 
I like the style of play. I like the personality, um, but it's a long shot. Do you, would people be fired up if he was hired as, as head coach at Michigan? Like, no, but I think and he's got, you know, he's got, yeah, he's got connections, you know, with, with high schools. I don't know. It, it's a name I'm putting on my list. All right. Gosh, darn it. He's not at the top of it, but he's on it. I, I think what makes Creighton successful too, is he's able to get these overlooked kids in high school and just motivate the hell out of them. Um, and get the most out of them. But I don't know if that style would work with the recruits he would be able to get at Michigan. I mean, True. but I, he, he has done a tremendous job. I, I love his personality. He's one of my favorite coaches to cover when I, I covered Eastern a few years ago. But I just don't know if that style would lead to the same results and have the same effect on the players Michigan is able to get in, in Ann Arbor. Right. I think he would have a short leash too. I don't think Michigan would put up with the like the long term six and six, seven and five, eight and four. Yeah, the slow like build. I think you would need to have with him because he'd be another culture guy. And look, all these guys would be culture guys, but I think he would uh, would need to be a culture guy. Creighton wasn't on my list. I, I did think about him, but like <laughs> I don't think he's had enough success. Just and it, 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 it baffles my mind too that he hasn't gotten. A job elsewhere like he hasn't moved on right. and gotten elsewhere so i don't i don't know what's going on there yeah maybe that's that's a bad sign well, All right, I, I don't know i got one more a, a, a long shot and like a totally random name but he's been successful brian harson head coach of boise state he's 44 years old he's an idaho native he has no ties to midwest so i think that would kind of rule him out here um, but he was long-term, he was a co-offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach at Texas for a couple of years. He was head coach at Arkansas State, went immediately Boise State. Since then, six seasons, he's 68-18, and 44-8 in the Mountain West. He's had five 10-plus seasons. He went 12-2 and two last year. He's been successful. Now, I think you'd have to, like, kind of duplicate Boise State's offense and how they play, and, and maybe that would be fine. Um, again, he would be a, a guy I think, you know, you'd have to – it would be – You'd have to be all in on what he wants to do. Uh, I think it would be a total culture shock for him and Michigan, um, but I think he would be a name I, I, I would entertain at least. I don't know about what you guys think. I'm surprised you didn't have uh, Jamie Chadwell of Coastal Carolina <laughs> on your list, considering you're such a huge Coastal Carolina fan there, Aaron. He's not ready yet. Give him a couple of years. He's going to have to move on to a mid-tier program. I yeah, think he, he is flavor of the week for sure. Ryan, uh, there's, uh, I just want to get into, you know, okay, whether they should move on, what are the logistics here? Because we're kind of running out of time, if you will. But are there any other names you want to just throw out rapid fire? I don't really have any others. So I have I have no more. No. I got a couple. Okay, um, go names. Chris oh, Peter. This guy. I came up with a huge list. I got a yeah. long list here. Chris <laughs> Chris Peterson, retired former Washington head coach, largely successful. Again, he doesn't really have the Midwest ties, so I don't know about. And I got two really interesting names here. Mark Stoops, Bob Stoops. Obviously, you know, we, we've seen the success of Kentucky. So I don't know. They, they, they both have track records of being successful. Obviously, different levels. They have the experience. Are they little maybe? I don't Would they be able to, to do it on the recruiting trail? I don't know. It would be interesting. It would be, I think the big names, I think would be splashy for Michigan. I think it would be a very Michigan-esque hire if they were to hire one of those two. But I don't know. I was thinking about those two. I had those guys on my name, on my list. Here's the order that we presented the names and not the order of likelihood or best and most attractive candidate. Although in some cases it, it kind of is, we did kind of go down the line to a certain extent, but Matt Campbell, Luke Fickle, Mario Cristobal, Josh Heupel, Clark Lee, Tom Allen, Brett Venables, Chris Creighton, uh, Brian Harson, Chris Peterson, 
and the Stooks Bros. Uh, those are the names that we threw out there. Now, will Michigan make a move? We've talked about this before. Jim Harbaugh has one year left on his contract after this. We're in a pandemic. The Michigan Athletic Department is just hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging money. I don't, you, I'm sure there's donors that would step up and pay for this, but like you don't really want to just make this move where you're paying paying a guy, you know, seven, eight million dollars a year to not be your coach um, and then paying someone else four or five, six, whatever it is. So but on the flip side, you can't just have one year left on your on your contract as a college football head coach because it will kill you in recruiting for a year or two or three. So what do you do? What do you do? I said that last year. I don't think having one year left on your contract is very different from having two. I don't think the situation has changed a ton for Harbaugh. Okay. I think it's already been, if you're going to use it in the recruiting trail against him, I think it's already been used. Okay. He's already, in, he's already in, a, in an interesting predicament to begin with. Um, but Michigan has to make a decision here and Harbaugh to some degree too. Now, whatever Jim wants to do, if Jim decides to stay and he wants to be here long-term or if he's having thoughts about leaving for the NFL, I think if you're in Michigan, you got to step up and offer him an extension if you want him here. Yes. Um, the fact that this has continued to, to linger, uh, obviously there's, there's the financial repercussions here. Obviously they're not doing well. They're not, you know, the money is, is an issue and I get that. Um, but it, it, you, at this point, I think you need to step up and say, Jim, here's our, here's our offer, whether it's three or four years, we'll give it to you. Maybe the same salary. Maybe they decide to lower it to five. And, and with the money perspective, I don't think money is going to make much of a difference for Jim. If Jim wants to be here and thinks he can turn this around and, and, and be successful, I think he'll, he'll do it for less. I think if you go to him and offer him $5 million a year, I think he'll stay. I don't think it's going to make much of a difference. But it's, it's up to Michigan, I think, at this point to, to offer the olive branch and say, hey, we want you, we want you here for the future. I think it would, it would clear up a lot of this discussion. It would, it would solidify recruiting and give Jim a foundation to turn this process, like he's talking right now, into, into some tangible results. Yeah, I mean, until this year, they were they were on the right track, and essentially, we knew what their major hurdle was. But there was just that one hurdle. Essentially, it was Ohio State. Now there's all these other problems. They're they're you know they're just they're regressing. But does they do they does he get a pass because of COVID? Uh, you know, because of the opt outs, because of you know, kind of the larger share of injuries than than more te- than most teams. Um, and then say, hey, let's see what he can do in this in this one final year. Can he finally beat Ohio State with you know? Cade McNamara as his quarterback or, you know, a freshman JJ McCarthy, I could see going that route, but it's just, you know, I could see in, in a, in a vacuum going that route, but, but you do have to consider the recruiting and the ramifications of having a lame duck coach. There's a couple other things at play here and we haven't really discussed. Ward Manuel, athletic director's contract is up in March. It's unclear at this point whether he plans to move on or stay, or we, we haven't gotten an answer on that because if he decides to stay, then obviously he would be the one, you know, that would a either have to offer an extension or conduct a search. Yep. Um, so it's, it's his boss's status is unclear. So I think we need that to figure out first and not only that, but as of, you know, I, I, I put in a, a request for updated contracts here, but seven of Harbaugh's 10 assistants are, their contracts are set to expire in January in one month. It's unclear at this point if he gave them one year extensions, but if not, he's in a weird situation where he's either going to have to extend all of them for one more year to put them in line with Don Brown and Josh Gaddis, whose contracts expire in 2022, like like Harbaugh's, or he has to go out buy new assistants for one year. So that's a really weird situation to be in for him. You know, and and Ward Manuel is a Harbaugh fan, it seems like. 
but he did not hire him. He is not the athletic director that hired him. You know, that was during Michigan's sort of interim athletic director phase there for, for a year or so. And Jim Hackett that actually, um, you know, got, got the deal done to bring Harbaugh to Ann Arbor. So yeah, that's absolutely an interesting thing to watch. Who's calling the shots here? Who's making the decision when all is said and done? One more thing. I don't think at this point, I still don't think Michigan's ready to move on from Jim. I think if Jim leaves at the end of the season, it'll be for an NFL job because he feels like things have, have cratered here and he can't he can't get anything better. Something tells me that Michigan's probably going to go to him in the offseason and offer him an extension. Uh, whether it's three or four years, I, I can't tell you. Maybe it's for less money. Maybe it's for the same amount. Um, but I, I'm not ready to move on from Harbaugh yet, and I don't know if Michigan is either. No, I, I obviously that may not be what the fans want to hear, what our listeners want to hear. Um, but I think by and large, from an administrative standpoint, and like you said, you know, Ward Manuel has been a, a fan of Jim Harbaugh. He has said he wants him to retire here. He's shown no inclination that he wants to move on from Jim. I don't know if Michigan's ready to do it just yet. It, it, it's hard to not to wonder if they've already had some sort of conversations and maybe have a bit, a bit an outline of something in the works just because early, early signing period is a couple of weeks away and, I mean, you don't know. I wonder what Jim's telling these these recruits that are about to sign about about his future because they have to wonder what what the stability is of this program right now. But right now, it doesn't look like it looks like most commits are solid. Um, I, I know Xavier Worthy just visited Alabama, their their four star top one hundred uh, wide receiver commit. But overall, it looks like the the, the class should be in, in pretty good shape. So you have to wonder maybe if, if Jim. Jim is telling these guys something different that, that we just don't know behind the scenes. So it, it will be a fascinating situation that will play out here this, this off season. Laid out the scenarios. We've given you the names to watch. Should Michigan make a move? And we'll be all over this on this podcast and on MLive.com slash Wolverines. Thank you for listening.